It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland, for innovators everywhere, visit highland.com. We're fixing to have us a good day. You're not singing it? No, no. You had such a, a, a fun little jingle. No, no. Uh, welcome on into Locked on Auburn. Zach Blackerby, Michael Pappas, Painter Sharpless of ESB at 1067 is on his way in. He was actually here with us. He uh, wanted some coffee. I'm like, I made some coffee. Go get some coffee. So he'll be back in a second. Um, we're going to continue our conversation about our, our list, the top underrated players of the Gus Malzahn era. But first, there's two news Bits that I want to get to. We won't spend a whole lot of time on it unless you think it's worth it. But uh, first thing, SEC, the SEC put out an announcement that they are delaying some of their fall sports. So they are delaying the start of the season for cross country, for soccer, and for volleyball. The uh, the stay will go to at least the end of August. Coincidentally enough, that does not affect college football because it starts in oh, September. So man. So there's that. Wild how that happened. <laughs> well, I it, bet that's a coincidence. Uh, I don't know. But apparently Auburn soccer and Auburn volleyball, like they didn't have anything scheduled in August anyway. So it doesn't really affect Auburn that much. So I just Man. I think it's interesting to monitor all the decisions that are being made. That is all. That is all. It's I'm almost saying. like someone looked at the calendar and said, Wait, football starts Labor Day, which is what, the second? The third? So we don't need August. <laughs> Hold on, we have a calendar. I'll look. <laughs> yeah, we have the Patriots calendar that's in uh, Palatial Studio A here. David Chung has entered the chat. Pat Chung. Pat Chung. Not David Chung, Pat Chung. Did you see the SEC sports, uh, the SEC's announcement, how like late, late start for SEC soccer, volleyball, and cross country, but it lasts until the end of August, so like it doesn't affect football because like, it happens in September? Yeah, the ACC did this last week, and I respect uh, their transparency. Sure. So Labor Day's the 7th. Okay. Which is a lot later than I thought it was. <laughs> uh, the 1st is a Tuesday, so I guess... I, I I was going to look it up, but it doesn't, it's I don't fine. really care that it's much. Fine. All right, so I just wanted to put that out there. The other bit of news, um, Auburn is losing a running back that has been playing football for Auburn um, longer than we've all been alive. Malik Miller is no longer mm-hmm. a part of the team. Been on the team since 1973. Yep, uh, so he is, uh, he is gone. I actually think he would have played in thir- a third down role. This year, uh, we've seen him do that in the past, just with the size situation. He's able to to pass block a little bit better than some of the other guys because he's 235 pounds. But, uh, yeah, props to Malik Miller. Um, thank you for everything that you did for Auburn. We, um, we appreciate it, and the folks listening, uh, I'm sure, appreciate it as well. All right, so continuing our conversation from yesterday... Painter, you are back to judge again. This was a lot of fun. I I had more fun than even I expected. I went in with high expectations, and they were met, and then some. I'm glad. 
So while we were recording yesterday's podcast, and if you haven't listened to yesterday's podcast, go back and listen to it first. We talked about the honorable mentions and then uh, numbers 10, 9, and 8. But Michael's number 9, he said that Trey Mason was the ninth most underrated player in the Gus Malzahn era. And Painter, while, while Michael is talking, you were tweeting about it. And you put out a poll, and the numbers really, really surprised me. Do you have that uh, that data in front of you? Yes. The tweet in question asking for a friend, is Trey Mason underrated? 75% of the audience says yes. Ridiculous. 25% say no. Now these numbers could change. The polls are open for another 45 minutes, but I think it's it's going to be a majority. I feel like we can call this one. Siding we can call it. Yeah. with Michael, but you know, I still stand firm that it's hard to be underrated if you were recognized for being great, yes. which is what a Heisman finalist is. I agree. I agree. But Michael, congratulations on that. And numbers never lie. Did that make you feel a little bit better? Painter's poll? Yeah, I mean, it made me feel, yeah. Vindication I'll say it made me feel a little better. Sweet. Sure. And, you know, you did get the point, so you're hanging in there tight. Well, I guess we should update the folks on. Three to one. I'm up three, uh, two, one. All right, so we'll jump into number seven in just a moment right here on Locked On Auburn. But first, want to give some love to uh, the folks that make Locked On Auburn possible. Our friends at Fetch Me Home delivery they will deliver anything you know what we read a we read a review um earlier this week about somebody leaving a comment saying like hey they needed something from best buy and they were too busy to go get it fetch me was able to do that it's not just food they can do your dry cleaning groceries things from best buy Uh, so just reach out to the folks at fetch me fetch me delivery.com or you can use their free app and we uh we use promo codes all the time with fetch me fetch me 20 for your first delivery free or you can use uh, 10 off currently. You can go to their Facebook page. You should follow them on Facebook if you do not. Just search Fetch Me. And every week they're going to be putting three restaurants where you can get $10 off when you order from them as long as you spend 30 bucks, which is super easy to do. So once again, FetchMeDelivery.com or use the free Fetch Me Delivery app. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Painter, you're judging. Who do you want? Uh, who do you want? Our, who? Blah blah blah. <laughs> who should be numbers? Who, oh my gosh! Hey, I'll just I'll ask. All right. Hey Painter, who do you want to go first for their number seven? God, I hope I wish you had messed that up too, Michael. <laughs> he stumbled a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Michael, if you'll go first, please. Um, all right, my number seven is a guy that uh, I think you both agree I personally underrate really hard. Okay. Um, Excited for this one. Yeah, it's, it's Nick Marshall. It's Nick Marshall. <laughs> it's yeah. Nick, Marshall. Um, <laughs> Nick Marshall should not be on this list. See, I I don't agree. I think he's I I mean, like I said, I personally think that he is uh, underrated. I I don't think he. I routinely think that he wasn't that good, and then 
Uh, I'm looking at the numbers. He's 22nd on Auburn's all-time career your, your, rushing yardage your list. Your thoughts being wrong on someone does not make them underrated. Yes. I'm, I'm going to let you make your argument. I'm but sorry. I, I think it, I think that it is easy to say Nick Marshall is very good, and people obviously will remember Nick Marshall very fondly and as a, a, a very good quarterback. But I, I think you know, in the all-time ranks – of Auburn quarterbacks, I mean, he ranks very highly in most of the categories, and I, I don't think that that is a generally known thing. I mean, the rushing thing, yeah, people remember him running the ball really well, but most people, I, I feel like, or I, I feel like a lot of people think he can't throw or didn't throw, and, and he did. I mean, no, I think you think that. No, I mean, I know that he did throw. This argument would have been a lot easier for you to make if it was either during the 2014 season or as we were building up the hype going into the 2015 season. But I think the farther we get away from that 13-14 and 14 run that we saw this Malzahn offense absolutely explode, I think the more people look back are like, yeah, Nick Marshall was an absolute baller. But at the time, everybody was so excited about Jeremy Johnson that they didn't realize it. And I said, you know, I was very loud about saying, like, Auburn fans are really going to miss Nick Marshall when he leaves. And that ended up being true. I don't think that makes him underrated. Uh, I think that he is. Uh, I, I guess maybe it'd be more specific to say I think he's underrated as as a passer because he ranks. I mean, on the Auburn all time list, he's ninth in passing yardage, seventh in passing touchdowns, and eighth in completion percentage and those are all numbers that I think are pretty shocking I am conflicted on what to do here because I've found myself routinely defending Nick Marshall so there is a sect of the fan base that definitely underrates him or at least has a but that's gone away right well, don't you think the farther I, we get away from it perhaps but I feel like I mean I'm still having conversations with people where they are either underrating him or incorrectly remembering his two seasons. Okay. And when you, you know, like people have tried to tell me that he didn't improve as a passer or that he wasn't productive for parts of the second season he was starting for Auburn. And that's just not true. Um, I yeah, think the I, conversations have just gotten shorter. Like now people are just like, oh, yeah, he was really good. And like, that's it. When in the past, people would be like, yeah, he's really good, but here's all the things that he did poorly. And now it's just like not worth having the rest of the conversation. So it might seem like the, the uh, opinion has changed or, or we're remembering him more fondly now than we did before. But I definitely like, I completely agree with what you're saying, Painter. I think his, you know, people love to say that Gus, the quarterbacks under Gus don't improve year to year or that, I mean, things, I don't know, other things like that. I also wonder if it hangs with him a bit that he was a bad NFL quarterback prospect and so he had to switch positions. I wonder if that ever influences people's perception. It's like, oh, he was good, this flash in a bottle or whatever the cliche is. Pan. Pan, there it is. The flash is in a pan. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it worked and then, uh, you know, it was just a fluke. And it's like, well, I guess if you want to call it a fluke, that's fine, but there's two seasons of really impressive numbers. I I'm just torn. I, I'm generally curious to know uh, is my perception off because I have to, I've had to defend Nick Marshall a lot. It's very I, odd. I, there's just not a day that goes by where I get on Twitter or Facebook or Instagram and, I, and there's not somebody sharing Nick Marshall highlights. I just 
Well, like I, have I a, don't I, remember the last time I saw Nick Marshall. Well, see, like I you're not a, as active on social media, though. Yeah, I mean, like I definitely do see a particular person for sure on my Twitter, like is a Nick Marshall stand. So I definitely see like this, but you know, I this one I think Michael makes a good argument, and we've spent a lot of time on it. So I am curious to hear yours, Zach. My number seven is Peyton Barber, a thousand yards on a very average 2015 team, and you hear all these players these former teammates of his that played with him and they said you know time and time and time again like hey this Peyton Barber guy like he's more talented than Trey Mason you know he's more talented than Cameron Artis Payne he's just kind of been waiting his time and he finally got his opportunity in 2015 and the situation just wasn't as good and you know when you look at Auburn and like I I remember watching him play and it's like is his vision not great because he just wanted to run over people and so uh I think as you see Peyton Barber develop, I mean, he just signed another deal um, with, with the Washington uh, football team. They're not the Redskins anymore. That, uh, that I, think, I think you look back, it's like, I think Peyton Barber was a pretty special player. He just was not, um, was not featured in a high-powered offense like 13 or 14. I'm so. really torn what to do here because I almost think you could put Barber higher on the list yeah. because he's a victim to an extent of bad timing. Yeah, and he got injured, and then he had a, flu- a fluky fumble where, you, where you, know, it kind of like, you know buried him down the depth chart earlier on in his career. So it's like, you know, what, do you, what do you do with Peyton Barber? Because I think you know, if, if for some reason Cameron Artis Payne didn't come to Auburn, you know, he was a JUCO guy, if he would have gone somewhere else, and Peyton Barber was – was kind of the next man up in 14. I think we look at Peyton totally different. But from and a talent standpoint, I mean, all of his former all of his former teammates are like, yeah, he was the most talented running back during that stretch from 13 to 16 or whatever. It's so odd to me that those guys ended up having because we had that long debate about Trey mm-hmm. yesterday. Right. And then they had more sustained NFL careers, but Trey was phenomenal. Yeah. At Auburn, I'm really torn on what to do with. You got to make the decision, man. Okay, well, keep in mind that of the top 28 rushing seasons at Auburn, so that the 28 best rushing seasons by yardage, Peyton Barber's is ranked 24th in yards, and he has the lowest yards per carry of any running back on this list. Is that per season? Is that by a season yeah. thing? Well, I, I think you can make the argument with Trey Mason though. Last, I mean, I, I think. I think you can make the argument that Trey Mason's thousand yard season in twelve was just as impressive as what he did in thirteen. You know, we talked about that on the podcast yesterday. Being in two thousand twelve, in two thousand twelve, Trey Mason averaged five point eight six yards per carry on so. a terrible team. So it's like you know you got you got to look at it as far as perspective goes, and what, what Peyton Barber had and what he was running behind is just it's not. It's not the same, and you know they had no passing threat whatsoever. And then, obviously, I mean, just just hearing people talk about Peyton Barber and what he would do in practice and things like that, I think that I think it carries some weight. Well, just since we're talking about the, those two seasons and we've drawn a comparison here, um, Peyton Barber had fifty, wait, sixty-seven more carries and fifteen more yards. Then Trey in what season? 2012. That's wild. 67 more carries and 15 more yards. That's wild. I think that math is right. All right, so, Peyton, you got to pick. I'm going Nick Marshall. Sweet. I'm going Nick Marshall on this one. It was, uh, I think, both of you made some excellent arguments. All right, who do you want to go 
first for number six. Zach, please go first. I have Alex Kozan uh, as the sixth most underrated player in the Gus Malzahn era. This is uh, this is directly from Auburn's athletic website. Played and started in 40 consecutive games, a 2016 team high. Auburn's offense averaged 269 rushing yards and 441 and a half yards of total offense in the 40 games he started. I think you can argue he's the second best guard to play under Gus Malzahn, and the other guy was was you know All American status when you talk about a guy in, uh, in Braden Smith. So I think Alex Kozan. I mean, it's not the it's not the fun, sexy, exciting pick, but I think Alex Kozan was a model of stability across that 40 game stretch, and I think that's um, I think that's pretty important. So. Michael? Um, I don't have a good argument against a lineman. I think all linemen are pretty underappreciated and undervalued. Um, my number six is Jarrett Stidham, uh, especially now. I kind of feel like people look back at uh, what was a disappointing was it 2018 season yeah. because of all the expectations going in and, and you know, kind of think – Oh, he didn't improve, or or he was lollygagging at Auburn, or he just wasn't that good, or or what? And uh, I I could not really disagree with that more. In two seasons playing at Auburn, Jarrett Stidham managed to climb all the way to sixth on the all-time passing yardage list, sixth in passing touchdowns, third in completion percentage. Um, I mean, he had a, an incredibly prolific two years here at Auburn, uh, and I I, I just think. This this idea that he, I don't know, it was average at Auburn, I I think is just wrong and, and underrates him as a as a passer and as a as a quarterback. I think he was very good in seventeen. I I think he was incredible in seventeen and no very, and then very good in eighteen. And um, so that's why I have him above. The rest of these guys on this list, I think he's a little more uh, more underrated because you hear a little more slander about him than the other guys. So I think Zach's pick is the winner here, but I will say that I really like Stidham. I do think that uh, he has, at least for now, had an uptick in appreciation just by sort of the nature of being next to Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. There is, we see it with coaches who are mm-hmm. basically rebranding their image there is a belief that since Bill Belichick and the Patriots drafted Jared Stidham that, you know, it could work out just by virtue of them. And, you know, they have been correct on a number of things. Like, they've been incorrect. Zach can attest to some of their draft picks that have not gone well. So, sure. like, I, I really like Stidham. I have vouched for him both while he was in school and after. I'm glad he's had sort of the spotlight on him, and I hope things go well. But I think... Uh, the argument. Yeah, I hope for, he gets his chance after um, after the stint with Cam is done. We'll, um, the the we'll argument see. for Kozan is good. I want to briefly go back to the Peyton thing. I know I know we got to move forward here, but I just want to say, like for Barber, I think he was a bit a victim of circumstance with the sure. quarterback situation not working out, a transition period after Marshall had been so successful. But I don't think he was like super productive. And I think one thing that's interesting about his career as a professional, I almost think it's a testament to his work ethic and how successful Mm -hmm. he's been. But it doesn't necessarily mean he was great at Auburn or that he was underappreciated. He was just sort of a – he was a talented guy, as evidenced by his sustained career in the NFL. But I think he was of just slightly above average production at Auburn. And that's that's a fair way to remember him as a guy who was on a team that wasn't great. And, you know, he produced – 
Uh, well, but not great. Yeah, I just think it's interesting. Whenever you talk to a former teammate of Barber, they talk about how much better he was than the other guys that we've mentioned, which is crazy to think about. We'll, uh, we'll jump into our top five next right here on Locked On Auburn. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Painter, who, uh, who's number five you want to hear about first? Go ahead, Zach. Okay, my number five is Javaris Davis. He played in 49 games during his career at Auburn. 49. I mean, you talk about having a presence over an extended yeah. period of time. And, you know, we're talking about the Malzahn era here, so I think that's a big part of it. And he's been a staple of the Malzahn defense for, for a long time. Kevin Steele has really found w- different ways to use Javaris Davis, his speed, his ability to cover, his ability to tackle. And his teammates really respected him. And so, I mean, you talk you know over that span, you know, a lot of guys come and go, and he was kind of the constant there. Moved him around the field. They put him in the middle of the field. They put him on the outside of the field. He was able to bump and run. He played a little bit of zone. He played off ball. He did a lot of things. And he kind of started off just being a, this fast guy. And he was able to he was able to kind of cover up you know, a lot of his issues by making up for it with speed. And then over the course of his career, you could tell that he really just understood what Kevin Steele's defense, what he wanted to do with it. And he became, you know, a, a really smart football player as well as, you know, very physically talented. So I think Javaris Davis is um, it was extremely underrated. I mean, even you know, talking about senior class guys this past season, Javaris seemed to kind of fall by the wayside as far as um, excitement and all that. So I am going. Uh, I'm going with Javaris Davis as my number five under uh, under uh, underrated player in the Malzahn era. Uh, I, I actually think it's really interesting that you made this pick. Okay. Zach, I think that you could say that in the Auburn secondary or the Auburn cornerbacks this season, Javaris Davis may have been looked at a little bit as, as the Robin to Noah Igbenogany's Batman. Yeah. And I don't think people realized that, you know, on, on maybe on a different team in a different circumstance, Javaris Davis could have been, I don't know, probably Aquaman. <laughs> well, they moved him, you know, to – because it was the best for the team, you know. Mm-hmm. And I think his skill set makes a lot more sense. You know, we talked about Jonathan Jones a little bit on yesterday's show. Similar skill set. I think he may be a hair better as far as what he did at Auburn, anyway. And it made more sense for the team to put Christian Tut on the field, so they moved him outside. You know, that's the most senior thing you can do, right? It's mm-hmm. kind of like, all right, I'm going to do what's best for the team, and he did an outstanding job. But uh, yeah, no, I agree. All the focus was on Noah. And then all the focus really was on Tut because he was a new shiny thing. And then other defensive backs stood out. You know, a lot of talk about Monday and Sherwood and all of that. So, um, yeah, so that's that's my pick. I have a similar pick. All right. I also picked a Robin to a Batman. Ooh. A member of the senior class who I feel like people may not have realized uh, as good as he was at Auburn, if he was on another maybe SEC team, he could have been maybe the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I picked Marlon Davidson. And I know that you guys are both like, Zach's like, he's not underappreciated. Underrated is our, our okay, word here. Okay, he's not underrated. But uh, 
constantly being kind of the sidekick, I think automatically makes you underrated to a certain degree, right? Like he's always going to be Derek Brown and Marlon Davidson. Like even when saying their names, you say his second. Derek Brown, he's the top five pick or top whatever, set number seven overall pick. Marlon Davidson goes in the second round. Um, Derek Brown is all SEC, all America, all whatever, and also Marlon Davidson had a really good season. Marlon Davidson's 17 career sacks rank eighth all time. He's tied for eighth all time at Auburn. Um, he was incredibly productive for all four of his seasons at Auburn, and I just think that that kind of leads to him not being an afterthought at all, but being like always part of that package of the this defensive line from 2019. And I think it's easy to forget how great of a player that Marlon actually was by himself. And being that sidekick essentially makes him a little underrated. The best argument you have, in my opinion, is that in 2019, Davidson was statistically more productive than Derrick Brown. And, and yet, as you're referring to, it is correct. It was Derek Brown who was drafted higher. Mm. It is Derek Brown who, for a number of reasons, will always be mentioned first in that tandem. And so I don't disagree completely with your thesis. But, I think, but his career was very celebrated. I right. Mean, I mean, because he was a freshman that started, because he came in right deal. away and yeah. was basically lumped in with guys as like, all right, you'll at least be a rotational piece. I, I think you're making a good argument. I think it is generally true that some of his talent is overlooked. But let me read this piece about Javaris Davis uh, that is, I think, pretty telling. He recorded 43 tackles with six passes defended and two picks in 2019. I didn't know this. He was the cousin of former NFL tight end Vernon Davis and cornerback Vontae Davis. Did y'all know that? I knew the Vontae Davis thing. I did not know that Vontae and Vernon were related. All right, not that this particularly matters for the sake of Izzy over or underrated, but he ran a 4-3-9. We knew he was fast. Yeah. Davis surrendered less than a yard per coverage snap in every single season played and combined to produce 31 pass breakups. Um, while allowing just four touchdowns on his 1,170 coverage snaps. Uh, you mentioned the 48 games played. Uh, I think that's the right answer. I think Davidson is – you made a good argument for Davidson, and it is true that he will sort of – some of how accomplished he was, even this past season being more productive than Derek, will often be overlooked. But I, I cannot say that he was underrated. I just feel like every time – you know, like you guys said, he started as a freshman. His sophomore and junior seasons were kind of like, oh, yeah, Marlon Davidson's also playing. And then this season, he's – I feel like the rest of his life, he's going to be in Derrick Brown's shadow every time he's brought up at all. No, I think he's going to be celebrated for the Atlanta Falcons for a long time. Well, but, yeah. But, I mean, like, I mean, he, how many times did he win SEC Defensive Lineman of the Week? He won like three or four times, didn't he? Yeah, he at and one Derek point, were yeah, that it was like three to four, you know. It was, yeah, so, I mean, uh, I mean, he's, he's being – respected for it you know and the Auburn Athletic Department I mean they're putting all kinds of content out kind of giving him nods and and shout outs I'll never forget when we went to cover the first spring practice that we were able to go to and we were trying to figure out like who was sitting out and why and then we eventually just figured out like oh it's all the freshmen that are sitting out except Marlins just with the starting (laughs) starting defensive lineman and uh because they just they never saw him as a freshman. Like day one, they're like, "This guy's an upperclassman." Day one, and I, I just, I, I think his career at Auburn has been celebrated. I think it'll be celebrated for a long time. Will it be paired with Derek? Sure, but Derek is better than him. Yeah, and uh, Marlon had four 
SEC defensive lineman of the week honors. She's like that. This, that to me isn't underrated. I mean that 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 to me is really really impressive. I agree. I just feel like Brown yeah, got it I mean, against A and M, Florida, and Ole Miss. He had more than Derek did. Yeah, he had four. Derek had three. Wow. Yeah, I just feel like you know in in four or five years, and, and when Marlon's career at Auburn's brought up, it'll still be. People will still be like, "Oh yeah, that was Derrick Brown's defense." I think that and this it's like, is something okay, that could, yeah, that, but but it, but it was Derrick Brown's defense. I, I understand, but I, I think that, like like Painter said, Marlon statistically had a better season. And, and yes, Derrick Brown is a better player. And I'm not saying that Derrick Brown does not deserve all of this praise yeah. and everything. I'm just saying that it is very easy to forget that Marlon Davidson was absolutely incredible also. Right. And but, right. but, it, but in five years, like you said, they may they may do that. They may be like, yeah, but he was the number two. In five years from now, there's not going to be a lot of people talking about Javaris Davis, and they should. And I also am curious to know, will this evolve? Because I, you know, I'm kind of in the camp that like Derek may be a generational talent, especially yeah. the way he rushes up the middle. But right. like say Marlon does go out to have the more productive career. Will this narrative, like will Michael's side sort of be like people will be like, oh, you know, he was more productive. Like maybe, maybe we so. maybe we should have seen but like there's a reason that people have had Derek as a top ten draft pick. There's some of his skill set may not show up as much. In its in in a stat line, right? Like when you're rushing off the end versus yeah, I mean impact and stats are totally different things. I mean you can make that argument for pretty much any position. But I'm curious but, to see this argument evolve, and if you know, depending yeah, on the kind of might. success Marlon has, like will Michael's point become even more true? I think that'll be something to watch over the you know basically between now and the time those guys get their next contract. Right. Yeah, and I think that uh, I I think it's hard for a whole bunch. Uh, for a guy who, like, Javaris Davis was a very good role player at Auburn, and I think that... I don't think he was a role player, though. I think he was a very big key part of the defensive backs. You know, we've talked about it time and time again. Like, Auburn is getting better and better at creating and fielding really, really well, talented Zach, DBs. Well, to the point I made about the evolution of Michael's argument, like, what, Davis got picked up as an undrafted free agent by the Chiefs, so it's like, okay, well, what if he ends up going on to get a second contract, and it's like, oh, yeah, like, maybe we, we underrated him as yeah. a player at Auburn and as a, a potential draft, like, a, a, a sustainable NFL player. I interrupted you, though. Like, if he was a, if he was a role player... I think that it it's hard for me to wrap my head around a guy who is um, considered a good role player at Auburn and then goes to the NFL and, like, you know, hopefully he'll work his butt off and he'll make the roster and be a good role player on an NFL team. It, it's hard for me to be like, yeah, that guy was very underrated. It's like, well, he was – he had the same role. I will be curious to see – I wouldn't mind if some listeners, and this isn't my call, but I would like to hear some voicemails from, because I think there are going to be people who agree with Michael. Like I, While I side sure. with you for this, this exercise, I'm curious to know like how many people – because I think he makes a good argument. It's just not the one I agree with the most. Yeah, 205-502-4285, text or call. And it doesn't have to be about this one. You know, It can sure. be about yeah, – um, who, who was your seven, Michael? Nick, um, Nick Marshall. Yeah, I had Nick Marshall. Nick Marshall versus Peyton Barber. And then who was your six? Jarrett Stidham. Jarrett Stidham versus Alex Kozan. Or then Javaris Davis versus Marlon Davidson. We'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And go back to yesterday's show. I think we had some good uh, some good matchups and conversations uh, there as well. 
Painter, where can people find you and hear you, buddy? As always, 11 to 1 weekdays. Ferg and I got you covered on ESPN 106.7's The Lunch Break. That, of course, also in podcast form. So if you like what it is you get here on Locked on Auburn, I think you will enjoy The Lunch Break podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Michael? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. I'm on Twitter at Z Blackerby. The show's on Twitter at Locked on Auburn and on Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked on Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.